The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice. Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special SEO education episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friends Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton, who are the co-founders of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. Jordan and Tyson are experts in all things enterprise SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite them to Take the mic and share their knowledge with your loyal listeners. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's an SEO education episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton from Previsible. Hey, what's going on? My name's Tyson, and I'm joined here with Jordan Cooney. And this week in SEO education, we're going to be diving into content. So we're going to be covering a variety of topics all around how can you enable your organization and create effective SEO initiatives. So we're going to be covering the topics of content ownership, content strategy, content planning, content creation, and content optimization. But to start it off, we're going to dive into content ownership. So Jordan, what's going on? How are you doing? Hey, Tyson, I'm good. Oh, we've got awesome topic for this week. I think this is what Education Week is all about. It's about going really deep into the specializations, the characteristics of the day-to-day job of an SEO, but really defining the, the building blocks of how to better inform your partners, your team members, and your company, and, and in some cases, even your agencies on how to, how to execute for SEO. Absolutely. So. 
for I think like the starting point for this, and we we touched on it last month when we were talking about like who an organization you need to educate on it. But let's start the conversation just around like the different groups or kind of like stakeholders that are going to be critical and kind of key in having a successful content initiative. So maybe we just start on what are the groups and who would you identify for content just ownership in general? Well, there's a couple of different groups that are critical to this. There's the facilitators who manage the writing. Right. This is a broad sweeping group of folks. You've got agencies who are involved in this, consultants, contractors, you've got in-house writers. You even in some cases have engineering and product who's who's dealing with NLP and GPT-3 and things like that. And so there's a big group of folks that are the writers and the owners of the content creation. Then there is the managers and project leads. And I think this is an interesting component there, especially when you get into bigger organizations or very much media type organizations, there are individuals who are responsible for the entire production flow, right? Like where something starts and where something ends. And SEO has a very critical role and a critical education role within those functions and those those members. And then lastly, you've really got this management group that is not necessarily the individuals who are coordinating the work, but we're talking about the executives, the, the sponsors, the individuals who are paying and making the investments around content. And so uh, these are kind of these three different groups and they all require a slightly different degree of education. Yeah. And I think the last one in particular is one that oftentimes gets kind of forgotten is because the obvious one is like the writers. Like, okay, what do I need to do to enable the writers to ensure that the content that's being created is search engine friendly and going to succeed in search. But I think that last group, like the management or the executives that are essentially like sponsoring the initiative, like there's an entire vein of education that exists within that group as well. But maybe starting starting from the first group, let's talk a little bit about like, what do you need to do to enable the writers, whether it's and like the content creators in that sense. So not just necessarily like in-house, it could be agencies, but it's like, what are some of the topics that you want to address or enable and empower them with as you're getting started with a content initiative? Yeah. So there's a couple of key ingredients to enabling the writers. And I think that this is one of the, the most important steps in the education process and really, really critical for larger groups where there's various different content stakeholders. And the first one is educating writers around how search works. And I think this is one of those areas where I really encourage our listeners to think about the that like template one pager or that quick presentation or that pre-recorded presentation on how search works for writers. And this isn't about like, oh, you must use keyword in title. This is more about like just the fundamentals of like, what Google's looking at. This is teaching con- concepts around like EAT and YMYL and just really ensuring that writers understand what Google's looking at when it comes to authority, trust, and what factors would be useful in their writing in order to enable Google to better understand those key ingredients. Yeah. And I think from my own experience, I think this is a key step just to building like a good partnership with the content creators is because historically we have this kind of friction between SEO and content creators where there's like, 
the old kind of feeling or stance that it's like SEOs stifle the creative process within writing. And we're trying to fit everything within very formulated, templated kind of boxes that are going to perform in search. And so where I've had success is by actually explaining and talking to writers about how Google has evolved and how their understanding content is so much more sophisticated than it used to be. And it's not a matter of just repeating the same keyword over and over and over again, but it's more of how they're addressing a topic as a whole. And typically I've found like the more I've given from that understanding of how a search engine will understand content begins, starts to break down some of those barriers that feels kind of like stifling from a creative process. And so I think that beyond just like having a stronger output, that can also be a huge lever in having a more constructive, more kind of breaking down those uh, maybe PTSD like experiences of working with SEO in the past. And so I think that's something that's like one, it's beneficial, but then it also kind of just like sets the tone for a more positive like relationship with these content creators. No doubt. And this is why I encourage all of our listeners, the best tool you can create here is a simple Loom video or a simple deck that you can circulate. Because to create that credibility, it's not just that one time where you have this conversation with the writers. It's the ability to circulate that same presentation or that same snippet around how search works to everybody in your company. And most importantly, relating it back to your company. And so I think there's plenty of blog posts and there's plenty of you know John Mueller videos out there of how Google works and blah, blah, blah. Not useful to the writer. What's useful to the writer is how this is related to my day-to-day work, how this is related to us as a company because we publish X type of content. And those are the snippets that resonate and will really enable that writing group, whether it's an agency, an in-house, a team of engineers creating NLP for a page, doesn't matter who it is, they all need that foundation. Yeah. And I think a key piece that you hit on was don't just take the like generic pre-existing piece that's on the internet, make it specific to the individual, make it specific to the organization. Yeah. It may take a little time to like create that yourself or use partners that can help create that for you. But I think the key is, is making it very specific to the individual and like leaning into that personal interest. What about in the sense of like, I think when typically the first thing people think of when it's like, well, what does a content creator need to know in the form of SEO is kind of the the staple of keyword research. Like how much and like what type of keyword research information would you recommend enabling or kind of going over with for content creators as you're embarking on a content initiative? I think one of the most important things for all of our listeners to learn about here is that the most empowering keyword research that you can do for a writer is teach them how to do it. It is literally, it is enabling them to know how to create the process or go through the process of identifying keyword opportunities. I think one of the greatest pitfalls and why at the end of this episode, you're not going to get a keyword recommendation spreadsheet from us is because that is not very useful for writers. It's not very useful to get a list of keywords from the SEO person who says, please use these keywords in your article. What is most useful for writers is to enable them with direction. In some cases, there are some keyword recommendations in that direction, but direction in terms of what keywords are necessary and then 
show them how to do their own research. And the crazy thing is, is that there's enough tools in the world today that in many cases, some companies have paid tools for this. And in other cases, there are free tools. There are Google tools that are available. The question of tools isn't what's important. What's more important is showing writers how to utilize the, a process to create and identify opportunities. Yeah, I think from my experience as well, it's like the less that you try to kind of like be the bottleneck in that information flow, one, the better like the ultimate output is. And then also, again, it's like the relationship between gets so much stronger. And I think, too, it also is like a time saving. It's like, do you really want to be hit up for every single like, what is the search volume of this keyword? Well, everyone can do that type of stuff. It makes it so much more fluid on it. And then two, it kind of like brings in as you are providing different guidances and information, it kind of like breaks down that like, uh, what does this mean? Why is it important? But I think for me, like that's another area that I really like key in on as far as like what I want to go over with like the content creators is giving them the descriptions of like what these definitions are. Like what is the search volume definition? Like how is this being calculated? What are other elements that they might be looking at within a briefing document? And I think giving that extra time to go over like, hey, this is the kind of information that I'm giving you. This is why it's being provided. This is how you can go one step farther and then kind of really craft it into your own. Because I think that's like a big area that there's this historical friction between content creation and SEO is again, that it's like SEO is just very formaic. It's too restrictive. It's like trying to fit everything into like a certain structure or box. And I think the way that SEO has been going is it's very much in the writer's favor of quality writing that's thoroughly addressing like a topic is going to surface and perform well in search. And it's more of how do you enable them to then use these tools to then create a more like uh, constructive and stronger product at the end of the day. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Kind of moving forward, so content managers and project leads, what are some of the topics that you'd recommend kind of going over or making sure is sound for kind of like those 
content managers and project leads. I want to be very prescriptive here because I think for both of us, we recognize that this ownership process, right? Content ownership, this is one of the areas that I think is is most confusing for SEOs, but also organizations to gain some credibility, right? This management function is the individual who kind of oversees the writers in the writing process. That's who we're talking about here. Okay. We're not talking about like senior management. We're not talking about like the CMO, right? We're talking about like a VP of marketing or whatever. We're talking about specifically the individuals who are overseeing it. In smaller organizations, it might be a combination, right? You might have people doing both those roles. But what's interesting about this is this is typically the group of individuals who, at least Tyson, when we when we meet with them, when we talk with them, these are the individuals who are like the most skeptical of SEO, right? Because I think it's a combination factor, right? It's a combination of they had a writer who really thought they knew SEO really well and that didn't work out real well. And then where they had this relationship with this SEO and it was like literally like a hostage negotiation every time they talked to that SEO. And so it's just like, these are the individuals who are probably most burned or most like kind of fed up with SEO. And what I like to really encourage here is a peace offering to all of our listeners. This is the number one thing you can learn about the content manager or the project lead on on these things. And that is offering up that you will not disrupt the process. Offering up that you are going to become an integrated partner in the existing workflow and you're going to augment and support it and make it better, but you are not going to disrupt the process. Because you have to remember, for content managers, the most challenging thing is keeping up the pace. Right, because they have a boss who's screaming down their throat saying, I want four blog posts a week and I better get my four blog posts a week. Otherwise, you're not doing your job. And that is, that's a tough place to be. But that's their job. That's why they're the lead. That's why they're, they're organizing this. So as the SEO, it's, it's that peace offering. And I think there's a lot of tools in our toolkit to, to do this. It's the peace offering of, hey, we're not going to disrupt your flow. I, I think that's spot on. And I think too, it kind of like ties into... Anytime you're dealing with a different like stakeholder group, keying in on like what is their personal interest? What's the most important thing to them? And within this group, the adhering and following and delivering on a project timeline is going to be top of mind. Where it's like the writers, yeah, you're going to have elements that are going to be more of like, all right, I don't want to feel stifled into like what I'm creating. And it's like, you're going to have elements too of like, how long does it take me to produce it? But I think it's most heightened within this project manager's because their number one priority is hitting those deadlines. And so showing that you're not going to disrupt that and you're going to enable that, I think is a really, really key element. Yeah. And a couple of tools that are in our toolkit to do this, right? One of them is be very conscientious of their existing workflow. And one of the things that I always love to showcase is how SEO can help by reviewing that workflow. And sometimes it's very well documented. Sometimes it's not. But when it is well-documented, taking their existing workflow and just showing where SEO can support it, right? Support them. And so that's number one. If it's not well-documented, create that workflow. Content leads love it when you come in and you show like that diagram of like, here's where you start and here's where you go. And it's not controlling the process, but it's just like, hey, I'm just documenting this for you so that you know where it is. And what I can do is I can now use the data and the insight knowledge I have to help you in these different different sequences. And then the last piece 
that I think is a really important tool that all of our listeners hopefully take away on in terms of how to better inform and integrate into their organization is instead of focusing on new content, sometimes pivoting and focusing on optimizing existing content can be a huge value add, right? So instead of disrupting the process, how about I show you value, show you worth by going and fixing or improving a other piece, an existing piece of content, excuse me, and making that existing piece of content perform better. Now, now I've shown you that this works, that this data, this insight, this knowledge works. Yeah. And I think like to the point too about how do you adhere, how do you enable them within their process is it's like by using some of the tools that we have access to, it can actually save them time in the sense of like, hey, I need to identify X amount of topics to then line up for the writers to be doing. So that could be in the form of competitive research. It could be general kind of keyword research or topic clustering. It also can go into like prioritization. Well, if we show that we can enable them to prioritize through search volume or competitive nature of given topics, or even just like, hey, here's some data mining that now you can just go through and make choices of what is relevant for our business and our brand. Like, I think that is then one, you're enabling them to prioritize the most effective pieces of content that are going to perform in search. And two, it's also going to save them a ton of time because rather than just kind of like sitting around being like, ah, like this could be interesting or this, like maybe this would be interesting for our like users. It really gives them something to base it off of. And so by enabling them with like saying that knowledge, those tools, that just like general approach to it, it's going to help save them time. And it's also going to help just ensure that they're able to hit those deadlines. All right, Jordan. So the final segment here of these stakeholder groups that we identified for content ownership, how about the people that are writing the check, the executives and the management group? What are some of the topics that you'd identify that they should be enabled with as you embark on a content initiative? This is really imperative. The way you formulate the education process for management around content is, is one of the biggest challenges for organizations today. And one of them is one of the key areas of success for not just SEOs, but organizations as a whole with management is ensuring that there is a clear set of alignment around content types. And what I mean by that is some companies already have a factory that's producing certain types of content, others don't. But what I've noticed is that when there is a mismatch between the, the writers, the, the owners, and the SEO organization around content types, there's a lack of continuity that, that generates growth, right? And so ensuring that there's alignment between all the stakeholders regarding what type of content we're going to create and presenting that to management is critical. Now, in some cases, management is dictating what's going to happen in terms of content. And in those situations, the best thing to really do as an SEO is start to lever your competitive analysis, understand how the market would react to this and formulate really clear assessments on what the impact of that content initiative or effort investment might be. At the end of the day, the most important thing is defining a clear set of expectations, creating certain measurement. And for SEO, this isn't always traffic. Sometimes this might be about production, creation. It might be about having a, a set number of pieces that are well SEO optimized versus not SEO optimized. I recently worked on a, a content project, Tyson, where we had 
thousands of pages and a subset of like a 500 of them got like really unique, really nicely invested content. And one of the key measurements and expectations was will unique editorial content on these pages outperform the other static, non-invested pages, excuse me. That's a really important thing to like analyze and to, to ensure that management knows that this is what we're doing. And the impact was like, it was the Grand Canyon. Like, I mean, you had pages with no content, got like almost no clicks. And then the pages with a ton of content got hundreds of clicks a day. So it was a, a great ex- experiment to really define how we set the expectations and then the measurement of that content. Yeah, I think expectations is really key in this group. And it's not just expectations from like what kind of performance numbers you expect to get, but also setting the expectation of like, what is the timeline to produce the content? And then setting the expectation of what is the timeline of Google indexing, then actually showing up in search. And then when it comes to measurement, aligning it to those expectations and setting measurement cues that aren't just on like traffic to the site, but it's like setting measurements of like, hey, we're launching this content at this date, we're expecting it at this date to get indexed, and then keeping them informed in that process. So you're not just talking about one KPI of like, what is our traffic? Telling them, hey, we had X amount of pages indexed, these ones have been crawled, these ones were submitted. And that gives you one additional clarity to give but then it also keeps them informed. And from in my experience or our experience, like that is something that ultimately results in a more fruitful relationship with those people that are investing in these projects. So that wraps up this episode on content ownership. We'll be around the rest of the week continuing the conversation around SEO education and content. So join us tomorrow as we continue the conversation. Okay, thanks to Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton, our SEO education guest hosts. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan and Tyson, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, that's J-T-K-O-E-N-E, and Tyson's handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io, that's P-R-E, V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.